At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Many of us often wonder if going to church is worth it. But what if we told you God has a beautiful design for the church that very much includes you? The book of 1 Timothy speaks to these truths. And if each of us submits to them, our church will function as the loving family God intends. Join us this week as we look at the answers to the question, Church, why bother? mention the word family, what comes to mind? Something big, something small, what comes to mind for you? For me, my first thought turns to these, these folks, this crew right here, a crew of Tiger fans. How many of you are Tiger fans? All right. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Okay. It's a good time. No, but this is my family, and uh, my guess is that if you had the microphone attached to your face and you were standing on a stage, you would put a similar picture of your crew on the screen as well. And the other idea is you'd say, no, you know what, my, uh, my idea of family is not kind of the nuclear family, the traditional uh, nuclear family that you see in a picture like that. You would consider your peers, perhaps, as your family. So you would say a group like this, these are my people, this is my family. Well, the truth is whatever family comes to mind for you, I think that today might change that narrative. What we're looking at today from God's Word is going to highlight a very different kind of family. It's a family that is much larger and much more significant, and it comes with a significant amount of responsibilities for you and for me. You guys ready to learn about that? All right, we're going to do that after we pray. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for inviting us here today. Some of us are here today and we are grieving. Some of us are here today and we are rejoicing. Wherever you find us on that spectrum, we pray that you would minister to our hearts over the course of these next few moments as we submit ourselves to the truth of your word. God, we acknowledge that your word is true. It is truth and it has exactly what we need to walk out our faith. But what it takes of us is a heart posture of humility. It takes us to be able to submit to the reality of your word, to submit to the truth, God. And so to do that, we need eyes to hear or eyes to see this truth today. We need ears to hear this truth. And then again, we need humble, broken, surrendered hearts before you that you might do your work in us and ultimately through us. Meet with us now, God, through the power of your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, uh, we are continuing our church Why Bother sermon series. And what we're doing is we're continuing to work through the book of 1 Timothy in the New Testament. 
Now, last week, if you were here with us, you may remember in chapter 4, we looked at the importance of pursuing godliness. Now, that had a twofold purpose. We're to pursue godliness in the church, and we're also to pursue godliness in our own lives and on our own faith journey. So there's that twofold aspect of pursuing godliness. So that is our backdrop, and today we continue in Paul's letter to see the importance of a different kind of family. And a different sort of family is the family of God. And we're going to read about the details of that in 1 Timothy chapter 5. So I want you to grab your Bibles and we're going to turn there together. Now today's reading is once again a long portion of text. So we're going to hit it kind of piece by piece by piece as we progress through it. And so what I'd like you to do is turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 5. If you do not have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen behind me. We're going to read just to begin the first three verses. Here's what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. That's where we're going to stop. You see, the church in Ephesus needs order needs a little bit of guidance, it needs a little bit of direction, and in this case, even a little bit of correction. You see, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. It's a young man that he's been discipling for the task, and what he's giving him is he's giving him clear direction and guidance on how he is to develop and lead and serve the developing church in Ephesus. He says, here's how you can lead it effectively. Here's how you pursue godliness in the community of faith individually. And here's what it looks like practically. And so he gives us a baseline right there in chapter 5. It's an understanding that God's people are to be led and cared for as a family. Because this is true. The church actually relates and connects as the family of God. You might say, well, that's really great, Pastor. I, I like that a lot. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me today? How does that impact the way we participate in the church? How does that influence the way we seek to relate and connect with other members of the faith? How should we treat each other? How are we to respect each other? How are we to care for others in our community? Now, thankfully, Paul answers those questions. First, he answered them for Timothy, and then all who are like us and read this letter many, many years later. So let's jump back into the text and see what, help, what Paul has for you and me specifically as we strive to honor God in the ways that we relate as the family of God. Look again at verses 1 through 3. He says, do not rebuke an older man. Don't do it. But encourage him as you would a father. Likewise, younger men as brothers... Older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, do it all in purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. 
quick summary there. God's people are called to treat others with the respect that they deserve. This means you and I are called to honor our mother and our father. Many of you have heard that. It kind of stems way back in the Old Testament. That's where you find the foundation. Then you move forward and here it comes again. I'm called to honor older men, older women as mothers and as fathers. And we are called to raise our children, showing them respect and dignity. So therefore, whether you are young or you are old, whether you are male or you are female, God's people are called to treat one another with honor. God's people are called to treat one another with honor. Now, church family, this is one of three qualities that we are going to be looking at today on what it means to truly be the church. We can talk about going to church. We can talk about looking like the church or, well, that's where I go. We're inviting people to church. Those are good things. But this is where we practice what it means to be the church. You know, I'll be honest with you. As I was researching this message, I found a deep appreciation for the way Paul breaks it down to Timothy. Because what we see being asked of each group of people in that text, those first three verses, is one thing. Humility. That text, the first three verses, is about humility. Because the reality is, I am not going to honor someone older than me as a father unless I humble myself before him. Likewise, if I'm the older man in the equation, if I'm going to treat a younger person like my brother, I have to humble myself to do that. So let's unpack those details beginning with verse 1. The exhortation is not to rebuke an older man. That means you need to humble yourself in his presence. Speak words of respect. And then the roles get reversed. Yet it still begins from a heart posture of humility. Humility is required once again as Paul exhorts older men to speak to younger men as their brothers. Not above them, but as their brothers. It's a beautiful picture, really. Then he goes on in verse 2. It says, give the same respect to the older woman as you would to a mother. I know very few people who don't seek to honor their mother. While young women are to be respected and done so with purity, and this is why we are to treat them as we would a sister. It's all wrapped up there in the context of the family of God, loving each other, serving each other, honoring each other with a heart posture of humility. You know, White Lake family, this is one of the real, practical, significant ways that we can model the gospel in our culture today. We can stand in a corner and tell people about Jesus and tell people to repent and do all of that, and that's, that's one way to do it. Or we can honor older people by serving them. And older people can honor younger people by serving them. That is so countercultural today. 
And that's one way that you and I can actually put into practice what it means to be the church in a way that the world will take notice of what is happening as we interact with each other in that way. This is one of the ways that we are set apart from the world. Young men in our church bring respect to older men. Older men bring respect to younger men as brothers. You know, I have the privilege of seeing this practice in a real tangible way each month. You see, we have a team of deacons here. We have some older guys on the team. We have some younger guys on the team. And you know what they do when they get together? They pray together. They discuss the ministry of our church together. And they do so with respect. They honor each other as brothers. Now, I don't want to be all sappy and all that, but I'm going to be honest with you. When that happens, it's truly beautiful because it's living out the Scriptures. This is a real-life picture of what Paul had in mind when he wrote another letter to the church in Galatia. Here's what he writes. He says, Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male nor female. We are all one in Christ. You see, church, because there is oneness in Jesus, we are one in the church. And within God's church, oneness is actually modeled through a heart posture of humility and is modeled when we treat each other with honor. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You'd say, Pastor, I agree with that. That is some good advice. That is biblically true. I love it. It's for the guy down the row. It's not for me. It's for the guy down the row. Well, I want to challenge that thinking for the next few moments. Do you know an older man or an older woman? I'm not talking about your mom or your dad. I'm talking about do you know an older man or an older woman? How might you show them honor before you leave today? Before you leave the church building? Perhaps you could ask them for wise counsel on something that you're walking through. Because the reality is if someone is 60, 65 years old, they've been on the journey longer than you have. Conversely, younger men, younger women also need to be honored. If you were among the older crowd, and I'm going to let you decide whether you're young or you're old, okay? Not going to do that. But when you look at a younger person, how might you show them honor? Might you ask them a question that seeks to understand perhaps a new perspective? Something that maybe you haven't thought about. You've been walking out your path for a long period of time and you're set in your ways. Perhaps you might be able to learn something from a young person and that might be a way to show them honor. You know, White Lake family, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been to a lot of churches, had an opportunity to preach in a lot of different places and I'm going I'm to tell you right now, we have probably the nicest lobby I've ever seen in a church. I'm not kidding. High ceilings, natural light, plenty of pods to sit in, and we even have coffee. You put all those things together, and that is a great space for us as the family of God 
to honor each other. So I want to give you that challenge today. I want you to put that beautiful space that we have in our lobby to seek out someone older than you. Seek out someone younger than you. Do it intentionally with a heart that is humble and seeks to honor those people. From a posture of humility, we seek to honor our family. Now, church, let's return to our text. We're going to read a real long portion of the text. We're going to pick it up at verse 4 and uh, track with me. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 4 and then read down through 13. Here's Paul's counsel. He says, honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has a children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. So command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Verse 9, let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband. And having a reputation for good works, if she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work, but refused to enroll younger widows. For when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. Here what Paul highlights for us is that those in the church family have special needs and have special attention that needs to be given to them and directed in their attention. Paul gives a really lengthy description complete with detailed instructions you read it, you heard it. What at, what's at its heart is this deep care for God's church that we are called to practice. We are called to put into practice. Now, most of us today, when you walked in, you would think, yeah, God's people are supposed to be caring, right? I'm going to say that again. At least I hope that's how you entered. Do you anticipate that as believers, as people of faith, I walk in the door and I would expect that I am supposed to be a person who is caring towards other people? We're called to be a caring people. Now, what might surprise us is the fact that God's people are called to care for widows in multiple places in God's word. A specific group of people that the church, that the church is supposed to care for. Consider Exodus 22. Here's what we read. It says, you shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. God has a heart for the widows among us. Then in James chapter 1, 
clear vision of how important this really is. Religion that is pure and that is undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and to visit the widows in their affliction. That's what we are called to do. And this highlights another quality about the family of God. We care for one another with discernment. The church is called to care for each other with discernment. And what we're going to find as we dig into this text a little more deeply are four specific groups of widows that we read about in that section. There are older faithful widows who have no relatives. There are older widows who have family who cares for them. Then there is the unfaithful widow and the young widow. All provide the church with specific opportunities and specific ways that we are to care and to support them as the family of God. We're called to do that. Now, here's what's unique about what we just read. There are some that we are called to bring honor, and there are some that we are called to proclaim the truth of the gospel to. Some receive blessing, others receive exhortation. But at the heart of this teaching, is the need for you and me, for the family of God, to use spirit-led discernment to love and serve from an outpouring of a humble heart before our God. Widows deserve that from the church. I love the way theologian R.C. Sproul summarizes this. He says, when a person loses her lifelong mate, it's like losing an intimate part of oneself because husband and wife are one flesh. Sproul continues, since God is the comforter of his people, it makes sense that he would have such concern for widows given the pain that they experience. You know, White Lake family in the seven plus years that I've been your pastor, I have walked this journey with many, many people who've lost their spouse. Many people who've become widows. I have heard their struggle. I have walked with them as their pain is real. The sense of loss that they feel is significant and it is deep and it stings. So as we know from the heart of our Lord that God's people are called to love them very intentionally, very specifically with compassion and with generosity. The question is, do we? Let me make that question more personal. The question is, do you have that kind of compassion in your own heart? Is that the kind of gentle spirit that you seek to practice, that you seek to live out and and make a reality in your life. It is not just a question for someone else. It is a question for all of us here today. If you are in Christ, you are part of the family of God, and this is for you, and it's for me. Now, church, let's return to our text. Let's pick it up at verse 14. So, I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. 
For some have already strayed after Satan. If there's any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. And then let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Once again, Paul has given a few specific people groups. Some receive the ministry of the church and some provide the ministry of the church. He highlights all widows. He highlights younger widows. He highlights Christian uh, families with widows. And then ultimately, he highlights God's church in that text. And the reality is all carry the weight of responsibility within God's church. All of us. It's not just a small segment of people. It's all of us. We are the family of God. This is the exhortation that Paul gives that we are called to serve faithfully. For who? All widows. Because the fact is, all widows still play a role in the ministry of our church. If you are here today and you are a widow, you still have a role within the context of our church. You can put into practice spiritual things like encouraging other members of the family, doing so intentionally. You can be fervent in prayer. You can practice hospitality. You can do good works. All those things can be done regularly and consistently. For the younger widows, you are called to remain faithful in pursuing ways to care for and provide for your family. Christian families with widows should provide support for their family. Paul makes it clear that caring for parents, caring for grandparents, and especially widows is in fact the calling of the family unit. Finally, the church. God's people are brought together by our shared faith in Christ to care for those who have needs. That means those who have physical needs. That means those who have emotional needs. Whatever the need is, the church is what God's plan is to care for the vulnerable. It's us. It's us. And this shows us the final quality of what it means to be the church when we fulfill our responsibilities with faithfulness. When the church responds to each other in faithfulness. You see, in God's infinite wisdom, he gives each of us to carry one another's burdens. It's actually a beautiful thing because what we do when we carry one another's burdens, we are actually living out the gospel. We're living out a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, because it was Jesus who carried the ultimate burden that you and I could not carry, the weight of our sin. I couldn't carry it, and neither could you. That's why you needed Jesus. So whether you're young or whether you're old, whether you're male or female, one thing is true of you. You're a sinner. You are a sinner who is in need of forgiveness. You're in need of redemption. You're in need of restoration. You are in need of a Savior. And so am I. And on the cross, Jesus is the one who took my burden 
and he takes yours. He takes the weight of our sin upon his sinless body and he places it himself on the cross and he sacrifices his life as a payment for your sin and for mine. You see, what we find in that picture of Jesus on the cross is that he humbly served those of us who needed it. It's a picture of him serving us with his life. And so now, all who've repented of our sin, all who have placed our faith in Jesus, we now get the privilege to follow the practice of our Lord. We follow the practices of Jesus. We do this every time we lay down our wants and our needs so that we might need the needs of others. We do this every time we actively love and serve them whose God has placed in our lives within the family of faith. But let's get real for a moment. That's really hard to do, isn't it? It's really hard to do because if we're honest, we think about ourselves first. I want my needs met. You are not meeting my needs. I need to be the one that is taken care of. I am the top dog. I am the top priority. That is the way most of us think. That's our human nature. And so what God is calling us to is to be different. Is to be different. Because God's church is called to relate to each other as family. You'd say, well, pastor, how do I do that? How am I to live different? We are to live different in Christ. Empowered by the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And we do that ultimately for the glory of our God. We do it in Jesus. Empowered by the Spirit. For God's glory. You know, church, in just a moment, we're going to declare the reality of what I've just said in the words of a song together. It's a song that has become uh, one of our favorites here. It's called, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. And later in that song, we're going to proclaim these words. With every breath, I long to follow Jesus. And that's why We seek to treat others with honor. That is why we care for each other with discernment, and that is why we fulfill our responsibilities faithfully. Because when God's family, when God's family serves in these ways, what we're doing is we are following the humble example of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org slash connect to introduce yourself today.